Across the Park podcast is proud to be sponsored by Globe Gas and Heating. For the best kitchen and bathroom renovations, boiler servicing and repair, and central and underfloor heating in the Northwest, head over to globecentralheating.com and quote Across the Park for a free quote. Hello and welcome to a special episode of Across the Park podcast. It is the big match preview. One thing I'm not quite happy with is that intro. Let me just see what I've got. Maybe something a bit more relevant. I am about to fan Gale out. I am the biggest Dream Team fan that there ever was. And I'm joined by Nottingham Forest supporter, uh, Tim Smith, who played Clyde Connolly in Dream Team. We're going to get into all of that, but we also want to get into the football game this weekend. First of all, Tim, thank you so much for joining us on Across the Park podcast. How are you doing? I'm great, mate. Thank you very much for having me. No, it's a it's an absolute pleasure. Um, let's firstly talk about football. Um, Nottingham Forest seemed to go into the abyss for an awful long time. I am old enough to be... Uh, football fan to watch Premier League games between Everton and Forest back when. Forest were a massive team, I think, in the first few years of the Premier League, finishing in the, in the top three or four places. Brian Roy, Stan Collymore. It just seemed to go very, very south, very, very quickly. Um, probably a lot of Forest fans watching this on the hashtag. Why did it take so long for Nottingham Forest to return to the Premier League? can I say? It's just football, isn't it? You know, it's just football. It's the way it goes. You know, there's nothing nothing certain in football, is there? There's no God-given right for any club to um, to be, you know, at the top. So why why would it be for Forest? And we've seen many clubs go down. I saw a, um, a link. It was like the original kind of um, league, the original uh, football, professional football league. And some of the clubs that were in that, you know, they were, I think out of all of them, it was probably only Aston Villa, I think, that was still like one of the original kind of football league clubs, professional league clubs in the first division that's still there. Um, so, you know, why why would it be um, Forest sort of like three or four decades in the Premiership? You know, who knows what the future holds for Forest? Who knows what the future holds for Everton? You know, who knows? Like, we'll see, won't we? Um, I think with money and, and what have you, obviously it's... It's changed the game a bit, and, and I have to say, I think I think the money in football has it took took my love away from football somewhat over the years. Because mm. when I grew up um, being a Forest fan, you know, as a as a kid, there was a lot of local players. Um, I was the, the community aspect of the club was huge. Like I remember going on holiday with my family to like a campsite in France, and we're staying in a in a caravan site somewhere on, you know, arse end of France. And um, the, the Forest team were playing like a an away game, uh, it, like a pre-season away game. And it was in like, it was just in like a caravan site, you know, <laughs> it was Des Walker, um, yeah. Chettle, um Peter Schilt, you know, like amazing um, players were there on the day. And, um, and, you know, you just can't imagine that happening now. So I just think football's changed. We could see we could see the biggest teams fall. I just suppose it's unlikely if you've got serious longer behind you. 
Um, and Forrest haven't had that for a long time, so maybe that's why. Yeah, look, Aaron, there's loads of Forrest yeah, fans. Yeah, go on, man. Go on. Come in, Hugo. Here we go. This is the dog, man. Not my <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. Anyway, carry on again. Sorry. Three man podcast. No, I was just going to say look, with, with no disrespect to, to Forrest and the Forrest fans who are watching, as an Evertonian, I've got a fear of what may happen to us because I look at how long that, that clubs like you were down there and you say massive clubs have got no divine right to come back. And I, I fear for our club. I think if, if the worst happens to Everton this season, which, which there's a real chance that it could. I think everything that comes along with, with the relegation and the negative follow-through that comes with it, I think Everton could be a club who unfortunately do stay down there. The question I'm trying to get to is, is whilst you were down there as a as a massive, massive club and a massive support base, was there a real frustration? Um, if so, how long did that last? Were you always... Was there an anger at being down there? Oh, of course. It's just painful, isn't it? It's like... Mm. Because, you know, your team, your, your, your football, your, local, your city team, your local team, it's more than just a connection with football, isn't it? It resonates across the entire city. Like, you know, you look at uh, my other half of the family, we're all Leicester fans. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a big divide in our family, Leicester Forest. Um, Leicester had some amazing years. And then, you know, only, you know, 15, 20 miles down the road, um, what was it, six years ago now, five, six years ago, like, the, the euphoria across Leicester when they when they Painful. won the league it's just just unreal um, and and it just does so much for the city you know it gives the city pride and something to to feel good about and people are walking down the street saying hello to each other and you know waving at each other or kissing each other hugging each other and and you sort of think oh, it's a shame really that it takes you know a football match football matches to do that for human yeah. beings really, because ideally, we'd be nice to each other anyway, you know, without winning the league. Um, but, but you know, that that's what it does for a city, for a community. And, um, and and I feel that's what it's done for Forest, really. You know, like, you'll see people in a Forest shirt now, you know, and you'll be like, oh, you're off to the match, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, good result, good result, bad result. What do you reckon? What do you reckon? We're going to stay up? You know, and those sorts of conversations are happening now. Um, because it's exciting, like every game is a cup final for us, um, which is brilliant, you know, really good. And, uh, you know, I'm loving it. And I know the whole city is loving it, whether we stay up or not. I don't know. For me personally, like we weren't supposed to be in the Premier League this year. As far as I was concerned, you know, we, we got a blessing in um, the turn of events that was the management and the, the run of form and the players um, coming good. So if we go down, oh, be, be wounded be really gutted but um but you know we've had we've had something this year that we weren't expecting and and we're used to it you know because like you said it is hard you know being in the doldrums for all those years and um and here we are you know with a chance at premiership survival um like yourself well i mean you're used to it aren't you obviously yeah it, it, it's it's tough. Uh, just to stick with Forrest before we get into the actual game itself. Um, yeah. From the outside, um, without speaking for everybody else, to watch the amount of players that you signed in the summer was just... It, I, I was thinking, this is like uh, poop or... Bu like it's a shit or bust, basically. It's either going to yeah. work or, or it's not going to work. And I think come the end of May, we'll find out if that's the case. But... 
as, as a Forest fan, were you sort of watching this going, this is too many? Or was it, on the contrary, quite exciting? Oh, it's great. It's like Christmas Day every day. You know, you'd you'd read the next player that's coming in, the next player, and then you'd get a player in like Lingard and you'd be texting your family going, yeah, like this is like an international England international, um, you know, signing for Forest, albeit, you know, the speculation behind who knows what deals are being done, but yeah, yeah. Ooh, that doesn't matter, does it? You know, you don't go to Mackie D's and think, oh, I wonder which shareholder has just bought out a certain you know, it's like business at the end of the day. It's how it works. So, yeah. you know, if you're going to, you just have to accept that football, like I said, it's it's a money game. It is the way it is. If you're going to, you have to accept that's the way it is. And for me, yeah, I was just loving seeing the players come in. Um, did I did I feel bad for the players going out? Well, yeah, of course. But a lot of them were on loans. A lot of them were coming up to the end of their, their contracts, you know. So I think you saw like like we all do. You 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 seeing the fan pages on Facebook. You're scrolling on Twitter and what have you. You're seeing a lot of people, um, you know, taking pot shots at Forest, saying they they've signed everybody and you know this is ridiculous. But you're like, well, they had to do it. You know, they had no choice because a lot of the decent players that were on loan all cleared off. You know, back to their original clubs and um, they had to fill those places. They had to re um, kind of fill the squad from a lot of the players that were coming to the end of their contract some of them you know with all the um best will in the world they just weren't premiership players so we, we had no choice we had to do what we've done and it's a good job really when you think about it because there's been so many injuries like every every week there's someone they're dropping like flies and that's that's a premiership because it's bloody hard isn't it like my, my um my father-in-law at the leicester fan was saying to me you know Every week, he's like, oh, the Premiership's hard. He's like, oh, it's such an hard league, you know. Every game, it's so hard. It's so hard to get results. So hard. And that's, that's like, it's ringing in my ears every week. And he's it's right, you know. It's so hard. And that's why they're playing very hard. They're, they're, they're athletes, but they're, they're doing their best. And, um, and they get injured. And then you need, a, you need someone in, you know, in reserve. And fortunately, um, they've invested... To do that, whether whether the players are good enough to and, and will gel enough quickly enough when they are brought in, who who knows? But again, that's football. Who knows? You know, just fingers crossed. Forest will stay up. That's all I. That's all I care about. Where so we're just into March, which is which is scary in itself. But where are you as a a Forest fan on your view of the season so far? Because mm. I, I'm looking at Forest again from the outside. And I'm seeing that you beat Liverpool, which, which I always love. I see you draw with Manchester City, fantastic results. And then I see West Ham put four past you. And from the yeah. outside, it, it seems quite inconsistent. But again, how do you feel your season's gone so far? Listen, uh, Ian, like, I'm no pundit. like So I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a tenuous connection to football through my, my, my time as an actor and as a you know a, a five-a-side player. Um but um but yeah like from from my perspective as I say every every game is a cup final. Um yeah. we we've lost some games that you'd have vote that we'd have won, we've drawn and done well in games that we never dreamed of winning or drawing in. It's it's so hard. Like who who knows? I just if we can, if we can get a result against you at the weekend, then that will be 
seriously significant but any points any any goals anything we get is is super significant so i i just hope that they can do it and it, it's going to be it's going to be challenging because we're losing players for injuries yeah. um but yeah f- fingers crossed I, I, there's been some interesting changes and again like i'm not going to criticize steve cooper because if i see him in the pub i want to have a pint with him and i want to yeah. shake him by his hand and i want to get on with him like I don't want to be bad mouthing the guy because he's he's done more than any manager. I mean, you mentioned earlier on, like the the glory days of Forest, post the Cuffy years, then Frank Clark, obviously yeah. in Forest on the map, uh, taking us into Europe and stuff, um, which is feels like a lifetime. Well, it was a lifetime ago because I remember remember that time, um, and he's done as much since. You know, Cooper has done more than anyone else since that time. So. I, I just hope that we can stay up. That's all. Are I the fans are the fans still with Steve Cooper? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, like, how can they not be? Because look at what's happened to Forest in the past twenty odd years. Yeah. You know, they've gone through so many managers, and um, and he's done the best that anyone's done. You know, and he's what I like about Steve Cooper is he just you just feel like he's very honest. He doesn't. He's, there's no BS in his team, you know, in his post-game um, chat. Um, it feels like the club, the team, they, they've gelled and they've respected each other, and they, there's a good spirit there. Like some of that. So just to link back, you know, my time as an actor, um, and obviously being involved in in a make-believe football team, some of them scenes that we did. Um, back in back in the day in uh, in Dream Team, amazing, you know, amazing. like like I, I see the similar things when you see like um, mm-hmm. some of the players posting like videos, Lingard dancing around in the changing rooms, just the banter, um, and I sort of think, yeah, like I, I can see it, like the vibe in the changing room is there, and you're seeing someone like Lingard who's injured, but he's running off the bench and he's cheering and he's loving, you know. Um, he's loving the kind of um, camaraderie aspect of it, and you think, well, you can't knock that. Like, it's whatever happened to Forest, they were never going to be like flying high. It was never going to happen. It was always going to be a scrap. So here we are, we're scrapping. Big game Sunday, Tim. Massive game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think it's a game Everton have to go and try and win. I think results uh, have gone against Everton the past few times. We beat Arsenal two weeks ago or three weeks ago. We beat Leeds two weeks ago. Both times that we did that, I think yeah. Forest did went and got results. You're probably looking at it going, good God, Everton are getting results. Probably a must win yeah. for you. Do you think it'll be a good game Sunday? Yeah. Uh, um, it's, ner- it's nervy. Like, I think Ever- Everton, since the changeover in management and obviously... Um, Dyche has done a great job. You know, it, I, if, with the manager you've got now and the change, I, I'm I'm reticent to say that we'll get anything from the game. Obviously, we have to. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. Like, Forrest have just got to really, really go for it. Like, really go for it. Um, which might open up holes... Uh, and make opportunities for Everton. Um, it's going to be a great game. I mean, it's like it's a huge game, isn't it? Who, who knows, man? I'm... What do you think? What do you think, man? I think if, if Everton don't win, 
on Sunday, I think we're in massive, massive trouble. And that's no disrespect to any Forest fans who are watching this on the Forest hashtag tonight. But mm. I just think there's certain games that you have to go and get more than a point from. And, and I think it's mm. come to now in March. I think to play someone in or around you in the table, I think Everton have to go and win. I don't necessarily think Nottingham Forest have to win. I think there's enough of a buffer between you and the teams who are really in the in the in the mire at the moment that I think a draw may be a good result for Forest, but I think Everton have to go and win. It's just going to get. I mean, you say that, but it's going to get late in the season, and that that buffer. I mean, it's going to mean nothing, isn't it? Like it, it's got to, it's win, it's do or die. Um, but as for, as an Everton fan, it must be strange for you because you're in. You know, a dogfight down at the bottom of the table. I know it's, you know, it's not like it's never happened before. But um, how do you feel like as an Everton fan right now? Because it must be, it must be strange to be in this position, right? Yeah. So, so, so last season was the season. Uh, I don't know whether you recall that, that we stayed up on the last week of the season. We beat Crystal mm. Palace at home, and the fans invaded the pitch, and, and there was that massive euphoria. I've had, to, I've had to ignore the Premiership for quite some time, as you might. <laughs> You might appreciate <laughs> there was there was there was this massive euphoria that we stayed up on the last week of the season, but and, and I don't mean this in a, in a righteous way, but we all looked at each other and said never again. Like we yeah. can't go through it again, and, and we're sort of going through it again. Um, not too sure whether the, the Forest fans are aware too much that there's protests by Evertonians against the, the running of the club to, to spend five hundred million pounds and get worse. It is something that you probably only see on Dream Team. To be honest, it's like. How does this happen? So there's a lot of there's a lot of small issues at Everton that have came together to make it a big issue, and I think a large part of the fan base, me included, was sort of feeling very frightened about what may happen because you've you've seen, like I said at the start of this show, massive clubs like yourself, massive clubs like Sheffield Wednesday, Leeds United. When it happens, it's not as easy as just bouncing back, and the implications of being down there. So for me, Tim. Really, really scary. I, um, I'll end the first part of the of the show on my predictions for the rest of the season. I think both clubs survive. How 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 do you feel a season will go for Forest and Everton? Yeah. Think it'll be okay. I hope so. I I hope so. Yeah, it's just hard, isn't it? Because you look at like the bottom clubs and you just think, yeah, out of all of them, like they're all fighting for their lives, aren't they? They really yeah. are. And there's been so many results that you wouldn't have. Pen, you know, you couldn't have predicted some of the events that have unfolded so far. It's not like any of the bottom clubs are just kind of losing week in, week out and, you know, have lost all hope. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think I, you keep hearing in, in Steve Cooper, we trust, you know, we, we believe in the manager. He's the pro, Steve, you trust the process. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like Forest will do well this season, to, and they'll stay up. I just think Everton won't won't go down because they're just like it. Just seems like they never will. <laughs> like they never will. Um, so I'm happy for you. You know, I've got some good scouts mates, and um, on both both sides, and um, you know, I feel like they will. I don't think Everton will go down. I don't I hope Forest won't go down, but I think it's going to be you know kind of edgier seat, squeaky bum time come last few games of the season because that's Forest for you. <laughs> mate, that's, that's, Everton as well. that's, that's Everton as well, trust me. Look, we've just, spoke, we've just spoke about two of the most successful 
greatest, biggest football clubs in English football. I want to talk about another football club that some people may not be aware of, but people who are jumping on the hashtag, watching it for one reason, the mighty Harchester United. Dream team, my God, when that show ended, I was having withdrawals on a Sunday night. Sunday night, 8 o'clock on Sky One, watching Dream Team was just unbelievable. I, I think it, looking at, you know, I, I researched a little bit about you today, and I think it was one of your very, very first acting jobs, if I'm not wrong. And you came in in around, I think it was around 2002 that you came into Dream Team as, as, an, as a young actor. How does How does the process go? Do you have to be... Not just a great actor, but you have to be good at football, I imagine, as well. Uh, yeah, well, with um, Dream Team was, yeah, man, what a great, what a great experience it was. Um, yeah, to, to get part in Dream Team, you do there's two there's two elements to the audition process. One is um, you go into the park, and you play football, and you have to prove yourself as a footballer. The second part is you go into a room and you read scripts and you prove yourself as an actor. So. Um, so yeah, that, that's the process. I auditioned, um, I think like three or f maybe two, three years before um, for Dream Team. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd done a few jobs like before Dream Team on, on kind of various TV shows and, and bits and pieces here and there. Um, and this particular audition I had with, was, in a, um, was in a studio somewhere in London. And the process for that audition was me having a ball at my feet and uh, it was in, I remember dribbling down a corridor and then chesting the ball a few times, heading the ball back a few times. And that was it. Um, and then I went in and I read in for one of the, one of the other characters. I can't even remember. I want to say it was, um, what's his name? Billy. Billy O'Neill. Billy O'Neill. I feel like it was that character, one of the characters around that time I auditioned for. I didn't get the part obviously and then um and then yeah then i went off and i did bits and pieces and acted for a while and then and then i got this call back to go for another audition for dream team and, and i'll be honest i've not i've never seen i'd seen bits of the show because i didn't have sky tv so yeah. you didn't have sky you know you didn't you didn't really get a chance to see it um and my parents were too stingy to you know fork out in the kitchen <laughs> Uh, it was like posh kids basically at school. I'd start, like, okay, they'd come in and talk about WWF, and I'd be like, oh, I just wish, wish I, my parents had the money to pay for that. But, um, but yeah, I'd seen it at the odd time and just thought, what's this show? I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't really know much too much about it. And I was just like, what is it? I, I just didn't get it. Footballers' Wives was on ITV. Yeah, you're right. So yeah. I understood that, but then was like, there's no football in it. Why do I want to watch that? Um, and then, so I went up for the show, they went up for the audition and uh, the, Andy Answer, uh, who is, you know, my guy, Andy Answer, uh, who's proper top man. Um, he took me out behind the studios at Three Mills and we had a kickabout and there was me and a bunch of other people. There was a guy that was a regular on Hollyoaks at the time and a bunch of other people. And um, we kicked the ball about for a bit and then we went back into the, to the studio and um, it was like X Factor. It was like, right, let's call out like 30 names and then 15 of you, the first lot, see you later, you go home. And, <laughs> um, and then the other 15, they could audit, read for the audition. 
And unfortunately, I was in the first 15, right? <laughs> um, and I'd driven down in a, my tiny little, like, day um, <laughs> that day in the, in, the, in the rain, played football in the rain, and then it just kicked me out, and I didn't even get to audition. I'd learned these lines, like, actors, it takes a long time to look for, it takes a long time for me to learn lines. I was like, I've learned all these lines. I'm not even going to get the chance to read them, you know, in, in an audition environment for, for the producers and the, the, the casting director. So I had to go up to Andy Answer at the end and be like, oh, you know, Andy, like, I've come all the way from Nottingham. I've driven down in my day with my tears. And you're not even letting me read. Like, I've auditioned for this show before and I, it was, I, passed, the, I passed the football bit before when it was down a corridor. Um, and um, and I, I sort of just lent on him a bit and he melted and I couldn't believe it. He melted and then went, oh, okay, give me a second. And he went off and he came back and he was like, all right, Tim, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let you read for the part. Um, and, then I, and then I went in and um, I just remember coming out and being like, that's one, it was uh, Victor Jenkins, who's um, a casting, very famous, very successful casting director who I, I still in touch with occasionally. Uh, through social media but um he, he put me in it and gave me the role and i, and I w- remember walking out and just being like that went well like clyde connolly yeah. the cocky little twa <laughs> can we swear so yeah like i was like basically clyde connolly was just kind of another version of me at the time and i was like well that wasn't really it, it just felt like it went really well. And sometimes you walk out of auditions like that and you're like, yeah, if, if, if I don't get it, then I couldn't have done any more. Um, and and they, they weren't even going to let me read for it. So at least I got that. And then, and then lo and behold, I got a call back a few weeks later. I was working at Hard Rock Cafe at the time, wanted to open in Nottingham. And um, I was jobbing actor. And then, yeah, it was lovely. I, I was able to walk up to my boss and say, uh, I'm leaving. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you very much. It's been a great time. And um, I, I only had a few episodes, I think. Clyde Connolly was not like a main character at the time. He had two or three episodes. And um, and then, yeah, they sort of expanded the part of sleep. A friend of mine had a, a flat that he, he was a student down in the, in the Docklands area and a um, tiny little room in, a, in student accommodation. I slept on his floor for the first three weeks. And then they sort of said, oh, actually, I think we're going to extend, extend your contract now for a couple of two or three months. And yeah. I said, better, better find some proper room now, get a bed, get an actual bed rather than a blow up mattress on the floor. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how it all happened, really. When, when, I was, when I was watching Dream Team live in the moment, I remember it was like there was such fandom. Like you'd see a Dream Team fan and he or she would know everything about Dream Team because they were so engaged. Was it like that for you as an actor when you met fans? Were you quite surprised at how popular it was? Yeah, it was like diehard. I mean, yeah. there's there's obviously like um, so even now, like the fact that I'm talking to you now, like yeah. you know, we're going back some years, aren't we? Yeah. And it was a fairly niche show. It was on Sky, yeah. um, and here we are talking about Dream Team years later. So, so yeah, it's, it's it's always surprising, but I think it's because football, isn't it? You know, it was the yeah. show that that connected fans to the game. Um, you know, you only have to look at like Roy of the Rovers and Melchester Rovers, yeah, like how big that card that comic strip was. Um yeah. because it included the, the lives of footballers and 
and and the games themselves and it did some magic with bringing sky tv sky sports you know making that feel realistic like one one week i'd watch myself and i was Gianfranco zola for example you know like <laughs> it was like it was like a wide shot Gianfranco zola turns on the sixpence bangs it in the top right hand corner here's your wheel on away cuts to a close to me um uh, or it was Franny Jeffers was the one that I used to like. I got yeah, enrolled yeah. online. I remember it was before social media, so it was all forums. And I remember yeah. like getting Franny Jeffers off a few times, uh, which was funny. Seeing as I got big tabs and a big nose, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it, it was always mad um, to get the kind of uh, appreciation. But I look, you know, it's real. It was lovely as well because all the fans of Dream Team were just lovely, like. Yeah. You never met any knobs and you never yeah. met anyone. No one ever gave you any hard time. No one, everyone was just lovely. And then um, occasionally, you know, we'd go and play these games, uh, these charity football matches, like, you know, like they do now. Like I, I run an acting um, school now. Um, and one of my ex-members is um, um, Owen Warner, who came second on I'm a Celebrity. Yeah. Um, you know, I can see him on his socials, like, off doing all of these games now, these charity football games, because he loves football. Um, yeah. And what a dream it is, you know, for, to, to have the opportunity to go to these big grounds, to play at premiership clubs, to play with premiership players, like, you know, incredible players, um, and to meet the fans. And the fans were all great. And um, and when we, when we go to Ireland, for example, it was, it was a huge experience to go to Ireland because... Yeah. Fans there, I think they said that. I think the thing was in in Ireland, Dream Team was on terrestrial TV there, so you didn't have to have Sky to watch it. There. Yeah, yeah. So you go there, and it would be like you know, it was mad. You would get, you would be just walking through the street, and you'd be mobbed. Um, so yeah, I feel very grateful um, to have have had that experience and and to understand now what that tiny little taste of fame was like, and and have that experience, but. Uh, also, just to meet loads of lovely people, uh, and and yourself, you know, you're a dude, and here I am chatting to you on your podcast. So thank you for having me. I'm the biggest fan girl of Clyde Connolly. <laughs> I, I, I remember. Do you know what? It's without getting too much into the weeds. I, I had mm. a certain virus I had to isolate on a while back, and I got into a YouTube hole, and it was only yeah. episode Dream Team, and I was like, yeah. Good God, I don't want to get out this isolation. I want to stay up here forever and just watch. Series five, series six, series seven, and you were you were such a great actor, you, and you oh, probably still, you probably still are to be honest. But in Dream Team, you were so great at Clive Connolly because you felt that that young cocky footballer with a chip on his shoulder who then went through so many journeys and emotions. And just to wrap up um, the Dream Team and your acting in Dream Team, the, the Clive Connolly demise was such a powerful. Story for anybody who, who's not seen that. Um, Tim played a, a young footballer who dealt with mental health issues and 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 took his own life. Now to play that part, did you really have to strip back and, and shut down? Yeah, it was hard. It was really hard, actually. Um, and uh, thank you for everything that you said. Just, uh, you know, I really appreciate that because it's really lovely. And uh, you know, it's hard to take because you sort of like, oh, it was a gift. I, you know, it's so lucky. I've had that experience and made so many amazing friends and um you know real wonderful experience and as i said like it's hard to take because i was just playing a version of myself you know it yeah. wasn't like i was gandalf 
um, you know, or like kind of transforming myself. Um, but yeah, you know, it was really hard. I think I think at the time, like I didn't realise kind of the impact of that story and what it would have. And I think we live in a different time now. Yeah. And the, the kind of understanding of mental health is obviously very different. Um, and, and, and I'm really grateful for that because I think we understand all this. The conversation around mental health is much broader and much more open now. Um, but at the time, it, it really wasn't. And I I remember like speaking to a couple of my mates and I had, a, I had one particular mate who I knew was struggling at the time. And I sort of had quite a long depth, in-depth chats with him prior to kind of performing the scenes and just getting my head around what it was like because I'd not really experienced anything like that before. Yeah. Certainly not what Clive was going through. Um, and yeah, I think going through that and trying to live and breathe that and I suppose you'd call it method acting. Uh, it's how I'd, how I'd teach it anyway, is just to kind of really feel the emotions, try to relate as much as you can on a personal level and connect to where the character is at uh, and the journey that they're on and and again relate that to your own life or people that you know and I was doing that so that was that was quite challenging and quite depressing you know and not only that I was leaving a family you know yeah I I have I occasionally have dreams now where I'm back on the set of dream team it's really weird um it's really weird and I'm like it's like I'm back with my old family because yeah. you know we were there every single day. We were going out at night. We were playing football together. We were off to Ireland. We were, you know, at Gillingham or Watford or you know um, Soccer Six or wherever we were. Right. And then we'd go to Jordan's party or we'd be invited to play um, S Club Seven or whatever. You know, all the time yeah. so we were in each other's pockets. I was living with various members of the cast. Um, we were always at other people. So um, it was such a huge part of my formative life as a young, in my early 20s, um, to be leaving that, to kind of be like, and, and part of it was my own choice because I had spoke to my agent and was like, I feel like I need to make a move. I feel like I need to take the momentum of where I'm at and move on. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd had that conversation with my agent. And, but then when it happened, I was like, oh no. Oh, I've done. Like, I love these you people. Both. You and me both. You and yeah. me both. I love people, and and I'm going to be leaving all this behind, you know. Um, and and then um, and then that was it. And then I I came back after a break in the, in in filming, and um, and it was like, yeah, thank, thanks, Tim. It's been you know amazing working with you. But this is a storyline we've got for you. This is how Clyde is going to leave the show. And I was like, on one hand, I was like, oh no, I'm gutted because. I'm leaving all my friends. It's like leaving school, but all your friends stay at school. Um, and but on the other hand, I was like, oh, this is a great storyline. You know, that's what I, as an actor, that's what you want. You want to be pushed and challenged. And I'm so grateful for that challenge because obviously, as I mentioned, I I, I, I teach acting now, um, and the the kind of journey that that character went on, that Clive went on, was something that taught me a lot about about acting um, and I learned a huge amount about the sort of craft of acting but also learned a lot about myself um, and the whole experience of Dream Team was really a kind of journey of self-awareness um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah Jane Hewland uh, you know top top dog at Hewland International who 
pretty much gave me that opportunity who owns Dream Team, all the producers, the writers, the directors who I'm still in touch with. Had Sean Glynn, who was one of the producers, come and run a class for me the other week. Um, I'm in touch with people from Dream Team all the time. I did the reunion um, during lockdown. Zoom, yeah, I was watching it. Yeah, I was like, I, I didn't meet, I was over in LA uh, last year because uh, I, I, one of my jobs is I produce content for, for YouTubers now as well. Um, and I was chatting to Ricky. For, unfortunately, he was in Monaco while I was over there, Ryan Naismith. So I didn't get to link him up. But, um, but you know, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of them. Um, and yeah, it's it's just been, it's such a blessing to have had that in, in my life. So, you know, um, big respect to Harchester United and Dream Team, Sky One. Just, uh, just all get Clyde Connolly recognised now. Okay, yeah, occasionally, occasionally, yeah. <laughs> like, I did, I did a filming job. So my, my main job now is like, I, I produce, I teach. Um, I'm a dad. Um, I'm, I'm direct. I've, I'm shooting a film in in the summer, feature film in the summer that I'm direct. I've written and directed. I, I do all sorts of things, but occasionally people will um, bring it up or mention it, and then. Or if people ask me, or oh, what have you been in? And then I'll go, oh, yeah, I did a few things. And I'll list off a few things I've done. And I'll say Dream Team. They'll be like, was that, was that like on Sky? Was that, there was Footballers Wives and there was Dream Team. <laughs> and, uh, and people remember it. But you've got to be of a certain age. So I think, yeah, yeah it's, it's not going to last forever. People will just, uh, it will just fall away. But, yeah, like you said, it's all on YouTube now, isn't it? I've not. I've not looked at it, so I don't know. <laughs> but oh, yeah. if, if, you, if you do, you'll need to book annual leave for about three weeks because you'll be yeah. in that hole of just because it was yeah. cliffhanger. Every episode was the cliffhanger yeah. and then the preview for next week. So it was. Yeah. Uh, I, I miss it's it so much, mate. I miss it so much. Yeah. I, 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 maybe that's it, man. Well, if you do a watch party or something in the future, like you know, like every week. Let's sit down, watch Dream Team. I'll ring, I'll bell a few of the old cast members. We'll sit down, we'll go through it from beginning to end. Because, like I said, I didn't. There was so much of Dream Team that I missed out on, um, and it was only really the time I was in it that I sort of watched it. Because obviously, that's what actors yeah. do, don't they? We're, we're selfish. Yeah. We only care about ourselves. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I suppose I was fortunate really because I got written out quite well. And then I think it was only, was it only, I mean, you would know better than me. It was only like a year or two after that. And then the show ended. Do you know what? I'm such a fangirl of it. I probably do now. I think you were written out in, or you left in season eight. And then we had two more seasons. Um, And I don't mean to be disrespectful. I really don't. But it declined. It it went to a place where I don't know whether, I don't know whether. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it had a new intro video, and and the whole cast were removed at the end of season eight, and they they tried to sort of. I don't know whether it was trying to compete with the footballers' wives or or the Hollyoaks mm. or make it more. I don't know what they tried, but it did go after season eight. It did go downhill, and mm. and the, the part you the part you played in that. It, I don't know if you recall when when, the, when it was sh- when it was showed on Sky One. With the snow patrol music when you were on the roof, and yeah, 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 yeah. There's Good a work. clip on uh, on YouTube which I've not shown my kids yet, actually, but one day I will. And it's yeah, it's um, that moment of me on the yeah. roof of the Millwall Football Stadium. Yeah. It was a stunt double who had a really terrible wig, <laughs> so I went up there with him, and then he got on there. But yeah, that's on YouTube as like a little fan. Yeah. Oh, crazy man. Oh, Tim, it's been such a pleasure to, to speak to you um, about Dream Team and about um, Everton versus Nottingham Forest. That the, the main 
crux of the show has to be Everton versus Forest. If you were a betting yeah. man and I, and I give you a free bet, what would your score prediction be for Sunday? Uh, well, the way Forest have been playing, 1 0 Forest. 1 0 Forest. I will counter that with a 1 0 Everton. 1 0 Everton. It's got to be, hasn't it? It's got to be 1 0 Forest. But then, yeah, I'm not a betting man. Like, if I've got money, then it's going on other things. And I've got, I've got <laughs> bills to pay. I've got yeah. food to put on the table. It ain't going down. Um, good old. What's it's called? Lad, lad, laddies. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I do think it'll be an interesting game. It's been really, really Ooh. kind of you to give us your time on a. We're talking about twenty to ten on a Thursday evening. It's been so kind of you, Tim, to come on. Well, not, not so, no, it's been a pleasure. And um, as I say, you no, know, thank you for having me on. And um, yeah, maybe. Well, if we're around next season, yeah, we'll come and love to come and chat to you again. Hopefully, we'll be talking. You know, top table, top table chat. European football, European football. Yeah, really, yeah. the, the ghost of Clyde Connolly, please. Please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. From Sophia Mills on behalf of the Mighty Blues and from Tim Smith on behalf of Nottingham Forest, this has been the match preview at Across the Park podcast. Tim, thank you so much again for uh, joining Across the Park podcast. Thank you.